This is Pulse of the Pack. There's Fletcher. Down he goes. And there's Reggie White. White. And that's that hump move. Reggie's coming again. That's Reggie White. Yeah. Reggie White's going to take over this game right now. Right, begins the count. Takes the snap. He has the quarterback. He can lead into the third down. The Titans are out in front. 20 to 17. Welcome, everybody. It's the week before the ball game. Packers, Vikings, Labor Day weekend. Well, this is Labor Day weekend. Next weekend will be the big-time game, opening weekend in Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm still kind of upset I can't call it the Humpty Dump anymore, but I am incredibly excited. This is an annual tradition. We've done this every year since this show's inception. This even goes back to my days in college when Pulse of the Pack was with myself and Marcus Eversall, Jason, myself, Paul Brettel individually have all picked all 16 games. And we will tell you how every single one of those games is going to go for your Green Bay Packers, my Green Bay Packers, and our Green Bay Packers. Everybody, welcome. Grab a chair, sit back, relax, and strap it down. Welcome to Pulse of the Pack. Duke Backus in the chat says this time next week, the Green Bay Packers will be 1-0. That a boy, Duke. <laughs> and listen, spoiler alert, 100% correct. That is right. 16-0 should be a quick show. Oh, uh, like Packers worldwide here, too. 16-0, quick show, man. We're in and out of here. <laughs> All right, so uh, hit the graphic. We'll see you guys done. next week. Yeah, <laughs> see you guys. Good to talk. Um, yeah, so anyways, I am your host today. I am Jacob Westendorf. Thank you guys for having me here. I am joined, as always, by the gray Jason Perone. Jason, how are we doing today? It's interesting. You always leave the T off at the end, Jake. I don't know why you do that. Uh, I swear it's a, it's, it's a typo. Right. And of course, Paul is here this week, so this that's always a better show when Paul is around. And oh, that's uh, the nicest Paul, thing you've ever said to me. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, hey, I, I aim to please here, and uh, we actually have a, a special guest and somebody who's new to the show, and he's going to kind of bounce in and out. So, Kyle, bring your ass on in here. <laughs> Kyle Hoffenbecker hey. is here. He is our new producer. Uh, Paul referenced somebody from another show, and I'm not going to do that. So, I'm going to reference him to Bob Stew. So, I'm going to compare myself to Adam Shine. And uh, Kyle's going to be like Bob Stew. So thank you, Kyle, for for hopping in and joining us. Welcome. I'm excited. It's going to be yeah, a lot of fun. It will be. Welcome to Game On Wisconsin. Welcome to Pulse of the Pack. And uh, we look forward to having you around and uh, doing some stuff with us. And uh, he'll be back a little bit later as we talk about some of our stuff here. So uh, Kyle, behind the scenes and occasionally in, in the chat here as well. So we're excited. Let's get started, guys. Let's kind of go through. Uh, some of our stuff that we got going on here today. First of all, just a little brief stuff here a little bit. Obviously, cut down day went through. Pour one out. Jake Kumaro. There you go, guys. Jake Kumaro has moved on. He is a Buffalo Bill now. Uh, it's sad for some of you, I guess. Um, ultimately, not something that's really going to affect the Packers' final record, or at least so I don't think. 
Um, otherwise, as far as surprise cuts or anything like that, nothing really that really was too surprising that came out of yesterday. Anything that really came out that shocked you guys? I mean, for me, the biggest one, I guess, would be Malik Taylor making the roster at receiver. I mean, that spot was up for grabs. We all knew that. But just throughout training camp, you know, we heard about Darius Shepard. I know Begleton was quiet at the end, but he made some noise in the beginning. And we just didn't hear Taylor's name a lot throughout the process, and especially without being able to see preseason games. You know, we're relying on what we hear from the reporters and what they see in practice. So I would say that was probably the biggest one for me, but Kumro getting cut, to me, that wasn't a shock by any means. Yeah, the receiver position was was one because there was still a lot of chatter about that. Darius Shepard's name, we heard a lot more in the last week. Is he going to sneak his way into the roster? Bagleton's back on the practice squad, so disaster averted there for Team Reggie, the, for the, the cult fanship that has started forming around him. But I thought Jake Hansen was an interesting one for me because a sixth-rounder is no gimme to make the roster, so it's not surprising that he didn't. But given that Corey Lindsley just seems to potentially be an odd man out when his contract is up after this year – and they hoped that Hanson might be an option for them. Now, again, you don't count on the sixth rounder to be a surefire starter to take over for a solid veteran or to, to become that guy when he's a late round pick. But just he's one to keep an eye on, too. I think Jake Hanson maybe coming back on the practice squad if they can to, to keep some of that depth going would be helpful. Yeah. And as of right now, the practice squad isn't fully formed. Um, and we'll see if that's something that it actually should happen as we get through this show. And we get a question in the chat. Maggie's asking, why is Paul not wearing a game on Wisconsin hat? Uh, because Jacob has not shipped Paul's hat to him yet. So uh, as he's, always, protesting. he's not is, wearing Paul any hat now. Paul is off the hook. Paul is off the hook. That is correct. Uh, so we're working on that. Actually, Paul told me not to send it to him. So uh, <laughs> at some point I'm supposed to go visit him and give it to him. But yeah. for right now, I haven't gotten that yet. So we're working on that. Uh, the other thing that came out of today was that Adrian Peterson returns to the NFC North and Jason, I believe the way you worded it earlier was the Detroit lions continue to be the littlest of little brothers. And God, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Adrian Peterson, I, the lions have carry on Johnson, young legs, I know he's had some health issues and they just drafted DeAndre Swift with a second round pick, which was towards the top of the second round. And now they're going to bring in Adrian Peterson. And that's not a veteran that you bring in and sit him on the bench. So they're going to give him carries. Like I said, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think the joke that was going around the internet today was something along the lines of he'll have 300 yards total on mm -hmm. the season and 290 of them will probably come against the Packers. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to that, but what I mean, honestly, whatever. It's something that honestly I think will probably end up making the Lions worse. You so, can't even make the argument that it's because they want to sell tickets because there's not going to be any fans in the stands. Right. So it's even less, less, it's more puzzling as to why Detroit would do something like that. But welcome back to the NFC North, Adrian Peterson. Hopefully in the 14th season in the NFL, the Packers franchise has figured out a way to not give up those 290 yards mm -hmm. to you this season. Paul, any thoughts? No, I, you know, maybe the move was just solely to try to beat the Green Bay Packers because <laughs> like, like you guys have mentioned, he's uh, that was back in the heyday. But even in Washington, he had some good games against the Packers. So, but yeah, for the Lions that, I mean, their overall record or anything like that, that doesn't move the needle. No. And I mean, the Lions, in order to beat the Packers, they beat them for 
The Packers led for zero seconds total against the Lions last season. That's my favorite stat. Zero seconds total against the Lions last season, and they won both games. That is incredible to me that that is something that happened, but it did. So that's where we're at. Nonetheless, guys, you are not here for cut day. That was talked about yesterday. We don't need to rehash that stuff. You're not here to talk about what's going on today. Some of the practice squad additions, some of that stuff, Brian Gutekunst is going to talk today. Uh, We might be able to get you some highlights on stuff like that, but you are here because training camp is over. Off season's over. No more draft, no more undrafted free agents, no more free agency, no more trades, no more what they did or didn't do. It's time for action. And one week from today, as my guy said earlier, the Packers will be one to know at this time and they'll be one to know because they'll be taking on the Minnesota Vikings and it will be time for the regular season to have begun. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through game by game and tell you, what the Packers are going to do in each of those games. And as we mentioned, it starts in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Packers have played there. They got their first win in that dump last season to clinch the (laughs) NFC North. So they returned to the scene of the crime where they clinched the NFC North. The lights were not too bright for Aaron Jones, carbon copy Anthony Barr. Packers will be taking on a team that, frankly, has some new pieces. Uh, Justin Jefferson will be taking on uh, the Offensive line has some shuffling going on. Their secondary has some issues that'll be going through uh, some changes back there. They do have some talent. They just added Yannick and Gakwe to go up front with Daniel Hunter. Uh, they have some talented pieces on their defense. Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Those are all good players. Uh, the, the biggest matchup for me, and we'll talk about this a little bit more on Saturday when we do our game preview show next week. But here's the reality from last season. Vikings couldn't block the Packers last year. Zadarius and Preston Smith dominated. Kenny Clark dominated. Add in now maybe a potential leap from Kingsley Kiki. Better year from Dean Lowry. A leap from Rashawn Gary. A better year at inside linebacker with Christian Kirksey. I see no reason the Packers can't absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage again in this matchup against the Vikings. I think Green Bay goes in there. I think they win. They start the year 1-0. and And in a year with no offseason... The Packers aren't replacing. They returned 20 of their 22 starters. That's a big deal in a year with no offseason, no OTAs, no nothing like that. I think that's a big year. I think that's a reason for a good start. They start the year 1-0. They win in Minnesota. Jason, Green Bay, Minnesota. So I think you still could call this the Humpty – what do we call it? The Humpty Dome, the Trash Dome, the, the – you know. The Humpty Dump is my personal favorite. The bird killer box, all those things. I lived in the Twin Cities area for a while, and even Minnesotans would make fun of it too. So I just think the Packers, uh, I'm not necessarily sure I buy into the narrative that they're going to have a worse record and, and but be a better team. I think they will be a better team, and that's not necessarily why I think I'm going the, the direction I'm going. I just think Paul and I talked about this on Pack-A-Day this past weekend. Um, the, the season is going to start slowly because there was no – warm-up games and there's a lot of changes going on in offense and even though it's there's no fans in the stands uh, I know there'll be some artificial noise in there it's still a road game in week one and I think it's going to be a tough matchup I don't think the Packers are going to be fortunate enough to sweep the division this year I don't see them dropping any of those games necessarily at Lambeau Field although that's not necessarily a spoiler for the rest of my picks for this but I think this might be one of those those weeks where it's a close game and it comes down to the Vikings just making a, a play or two more than Green Bay. I have Green Bay losing this first one, and they'll be competitive. It'll be it's not going to be a bad showing. I just don't have them winning this this first particular week. So I've got them starting out zero and one. 
Okay, so Jason's fired, and we've removed him from the show. <laughs> uh, that's that's the way this is going to go. So, okay, um, so uh, Paul, tell me why Jason's wrong. I have the Packers going one and zero. They're beating the Vikings, and my big reason is because the Vikings are depending on a lot of rookies. As you said, we've had no OTAs, mini camps, preseason games, time in the building in general, time with the coaching staff is just limited from what it usually is, and this could be a completely normal off season. And I would still pick the Packers to win this game. And I really think because of the rookies, I think that's going to be a big factor. And it's going to be, you know, typical Packers-Vikings game. I don't see the Packers running away with it by any means. But I think that continuity that they have versus the inexperience on the Vikings roster, that they're asking a lot of those young guys to step into big roles like that. I think that's the difference maker. Packers come out of the week one with a win. Week one with a win, it is. Packers 1-0, unless you're Jason, in which case he's a party pooper. So let's go to the home opener. September 20th, it will be the Detroit Lions coming into Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. Adrian Peterson, as we mentioned, will be returning to Lambeau Field. I guess it hasn't been that long. He was there just this past December. And the Packers will be taking on the Lions. The Lions, I was going to say they hadn't won there. I'm kind of bummed that this isn't a stat anymore. It used to be that the Lions had won there once in my lifetime. Uh, and then they've won there a couple times since then. But uh, I think Green Bay wins again. They're really good at home. Uh, they, or at least they usually are really good at home. I, I It remains to be seen how much home field advantage is a thing this year with no fans, at least in some places. And we'll talk about that when we get to the following week's game. But it remains to be seen what that's going to be like. But overall, I think the Packers in general, they're just there's a comfort level that comes into playing in that building. The Lions do have some talent. Ultimately, when it comes to the Lions, and maybe this is irrational, but they're they're the Lions, and they're coached by Matt Patricia. And until I see it, I can't believe in them. It's That's just the reality. I mean, Matt Stafford is as talented as they come at the quarterback position. He'll throw three really great passes and two stupid interceptions that come in that have no business. They'll make two stupid plays and lose a game they have no business losing. That's no different than last year. Uh, and that those two Packers games are really good examples of that. I think the Packers have a really good opportunity to start out of the gate 2-0 and with two division wins, much like they did last year. Uh, one road game, one home game, just like they did a year ago as well. I like Green Bay to win this game as well, uh, win their home opener, get to 2-0 and before a tough road game against New Orleans, where they will have a little bit of fan flavor uh, down in Louisiana. Paul, where do you have Green Bay starting with Detroit here? The Lions are what's what's a good word? I'll go with Lions-y. pesky. They're pesky, but you summed it up well in they're they're the Lions and it's at Lambeau Field. So I mean that's all I got for this one. Packers two and zero. Jason. So I promise <laughs> Packers I are promise. Old, Jason's board. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I promise this movie ends well. Okay, don't 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 focus too much on the start. Wow. I pro- oh, don't focus too much on the start. Uh, the Packers are absolutely going to destroy the, the Detroit Lions. And on top of that, I'll even I'll even throw in another bet. Matt Prater will not make a single kick that includes PATs in this entire game. If you want to know why the Packers won the way they did twice last season, it was payback for Week 17 of 2018. We don't need to go into the details. We all know what happened. By the way, when you Google him, that picture of him with the frosted tip hair and everything, it just it just further personifies why 
I tweet the way I do about Matt Prater. And if you're not familiar with it, those of you out there in the in the fan land, definitely follow me. You'll hear you'll hear some uh, some interesting takes on Matt Prater for me during that game. But no, the Packers they don't lose season openers at Lambeau very often, if at all. They are absolutely rolling over the Detroit Lions. They are one and one in my book, riding a huge wave of Jacob's favorite concept, momentum, into yeah. week three as they head to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and there you have it. That'll be Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees for perhaps the final time. Remains to be seen how much longer Drew Brees is going to be playing. But that would be the case. It would be Rodgers against Brees in the Superdome. Uh, the last time the Packers were there would have been uh, Julius Peppers played in a red zone package and Rodgers ended up exiting the game with a hamstring injury. Should have caught and, that ball. Yeah, it would have been awesome. It was still stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't have better phrasing for that, unfortunately. The Saints will have fans in the stands, so this will be a true road game for the Packers in a season that will be kind of strange in terms of road games just because there is no – what's the word I'm looking for? Like standard, I guess, in terms of who can have fans and who can't, the NFL doesn't have a, a national policy based on that. They're leaving it up to the individual team. So the saints are having fans in their stands at a certain capacity. It won't be a full stadium, but there will be some hecklers in the stands. So there's that, at least from that standpoint, new Orleans, one of the NFC favorites, uh, Alvin Kamara is in camp. That was weird. That whole situation was weird. They have Michael Thomas. Uh, they have drew Brees, obviously who's very good. They have Jared cook. Uh, they have a very good offense. They have Sean Payton. They have a pretty good defense with some of the guys on that side of the ball. This is one of those games that I think you pencil in the Packers kind of play weird in certain places. The Superdome happens to be one of those. I'd be very surprised if the Packers won this game. I have this penciled in as a loss. Uh, Jason, if I have something penciled in as a loss, I can't imagine you have it penciled in as a win. Ah, yes, of course. Taysom Hill will score at least one touchdown in this game. Yeah. <laughs> And it'll be stupid. Is that Lambo Labo? It is. Very active. Welcome. Welcome to the to the show. And thanks for watching and thanks for listening. The Packers have not won in New Orleans in 25 years. 1995 was the last time that they won a game in New Orleans. That problem comes to an end this season. No. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers comes out motivated as ever. And if there is a, what is, what is Peter Bukowski's favorite term for magnum opus? Blue so what he says sometimes, yeah. is that what it is? Oh. I, it's not enough <laughs> syllables, Peter, not enough syllables to do you justice there. He is going to, Aaron Rodgers is going to play uh, a really good game against the saints here. I think he's understands that this game has a lot of implications down the road. If you look at what, is likely to happen in the NFC barring unforeseen things. And again, weird season, but the saints are a team, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm spoiling anything huge here that many of us, including the three of us on this show, probably are going to be talking about later on. We talk about the playoff seedings and situation. So yeah, this, this is a big one. And Aaron Rodgers comes ready to play. You know, unfortunately they let one get away from him in week one, according to the way I've got it, but they make up for it here in week three with a huge win over the saints and and get a big victory over a team that they're only going to see once this season and that they need every possible tiebreaker against, because you don't want to have to go back to this building later in the season when everything is full swing and the place is sold out and full of fans. It's, it's going to be too crazy, but I think the Packers the Packers win one here. So they bump up to two and one. Well, and remember 
this is a game from a while ago. Zadarius Smith posted on Instagram. He had circled on his calendar. So as Justin backwards points out in the chat here, Z is sack and breeze uh, with the eye emoji here. So I hope so. I uh, haven't, I've kind of always had an irrational hatred and I understand it's irrational, but I have an irrational hatred for Drew Brees. So I'd be down with it. Paul, what do you got here? You're the tiebreaker in this case. I got the Packers losing on the road at the Met or not the Metrodome, Superdome, wherever they call it now, Mercedes Benz Dome. Um, with fans there, the Saints offense, I mean, on that turf and in that environment, they're they're just tough to stop. So I think this is one that the Packers lose. They will then have a long week, a long short week, because they play the late game on Sunday, but then they'll play a Monday night game. So it's like the least amount of time to rest before a, a Monday night game. But they'll have a home Monday night game against the Atlanta Falcons. The last time the Falcons came here on a Monday night was in 2014, and Julio Jones just caught another pass. Uh, 208,435 yards or something like that receiving that night. It was insane. A game that the Packers, it looked like they had in the bag at 31 to 7, and it ended up being a sweat out at the end of the game. Uh, the Packers ended up winning. I think the final score was 43 to 37, but it was a game that was way closer than it probably should have been. Came down to an onside kick. Uh, oddly enough, kind of a metaphor for how that season ended. Sorry. Anyways, can we kick right. out the host. Are we, can we actually kick the host out, Paul? Uh, Are you familiar with the and how this works? Yeah, let me see how this button works. God, really? Bye. Uh, anyways, this time around, the Falcons will be coming back. Uh, kind of a surprise this year. Everybody is back from last year for Atlanta. Dan Quinn did not get the axe, which was a little surprising. It was kind of uh, a common thought that he would get fired, but he didn't. And the Packers and everybody will now be taking on a Falcons team, kind of taking one last stand, if you will, uh, with the group that they have that really just hasn't ever really recovered since blowing a 28-3 lead in a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. I have the Packers winning this game. I think the Falcons, they've got some transitioning going on on defense. Their offense is still pretty good. There are still some pieces there. Matt Ryan, I'm higher on him than your average fan might be. I think that Todd Gurley is one of their running backs. They have some pieces there. Julio Jones obviously is all world. The Packers, even as good as Jair Alexander is, doesn't necessarily match up the greatest with him. Calvin Ridley is a really good wide receiver. They are transitioning at the tight end position, but they do have some really good players on that offense. I think that this is one of those games that could be a really entertaining Monday nighter, kind of a shootout type thing. If the Packers can take advantage of the Falcons in one spot is that the offensive line can be leaky at times. They've got Jake Matthews, but they do have some issues along other spots on that offensive line. So I could see a big night here for Zadarius, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, guys like that. So I have Green Bay winning a Monday nighter at home, getting to three and one before the bye week, three and one first quarter of the season and in good shape moving on. Paulie, where are we at going into the bye? I got him at three and one as well and winning this game. The Falcons kind of seem like they're doing a, doing a dance in no man's land. It's like, are, are they ready to rebuild? Should they be moving on from Quinn? But they still kind of seem like they, they're trying to compete. And the Packers are just, I mean, you hit that on the head there. Overall, the Packers just have the better team. And so, especially at home, they're going to come away with the wind, even without fans. Jason? Unfortunately, for the Falcons, they are playing at Lambeau Field. And so the road team... <clears throat> does not typically tend to 
fair as well in this matchup. The Packers have won in New Orleans, or in New Orleans. Well, they're going to win in New Orleans anyway. They've won in Atlanta before. One of the best victories and most exciting wins this team has ever had in the history of my fanship took place in Atlanta in the previous venue that the Falcons played in. And that was the, obviously the divisional championship game after 2010, but the Packers are going to win this game. It's at Lambeau field. They're just, they're not losing. I think Aaron Rodgers is still mad at the Falcons for beating the Packers in his first season as a starter in 2008. He's been taking it out on them ever since. So the Packers are three and one after taking down the Atlanta Falcons at Lambeau field. So then they'll have a bye week and they will return from a bye to play in Tampa Bay against my mother's favorite quarterback of all time and his mm. new digs, Thomas Edward Brady. Jr. I'm watching the chat very carefully. You know, she's going to come awake now. Uh, Kyle, remember, we cannot put expletives up in the chat here. So keep that in mind. But Packers and Bucks last year, we thought, or two years ago, we thought that maybe the last time the two Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady would face off was two years ago in Foxborough. Turns out not to be the case. Uh, Tom Brady has since moved to Tampa Bay, and they're kind of assembling a, a bit of a quote-unquote dream team, if you will. Rob Gronkowski's down there. They just signed Leonard Fournette. Uh, they have LaShawn McCoy. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They have some really impressive names on paper. You'll see in a little bit how exactly I feel about the Tampa Bay Bucks. Pretty simply put, I think Tom Brady's washed up. I think that the Panther or the Patriots, excuse me, and you'll see how I feel about this a little bit later too. I think the Patriots upgraded at quarterback. So I think the Packers win. I think they win in Tampa Bay because all those weapons aren't going to matter if the quarterback sucks. And I think the quarterback sucks. So Tom Brady's not good anymore. Um, goodbye. Thank you very much. Aaron Rodgers is better and he always has been, and he always will be. So Packers beat the Bucks, and we get to laugh all the way to the bank at the Patriot fanboys that have traded in their Patriot jerseys that they never really cared about because they traded them in for Bucks jerseys because they're not actually Patriots fans. They're just Tom Brady fanboys. So thank you, Packers beat the Bucks. They're four and one. Paul, go ahead before I say things I regret. <laughs> We're on the same page again. Packers, I mean, they're coming off a bye, and I think that plays a big factor in all this. But like you said, on paper, the Bucks are Brady isn't. Tom Brady anymore. Gronk's been out for a year. LaShawn McCoy passed his prime. I think they're just, you know, Evans and Godwin, they're solid weapons, of course. But I think overall, there's just a lot more hype around this team than actual substance. So off the bye week, Packers go down in Tampa, come away with the W. Tell us how you really feel. Aaron, you want me to tell you how I really feel about Tom Brady? Wins is not a quarterback stat. Never Tom has Brady throws been. the ball two yards at a time and has won six Super Bowl rings because Bill Belichick is incredible. Jason, tell me why Tom Brady sucks. Because look at his face. I mean, he just <laughs> got that I suck face, right? So <laughs> there you have it. But the way I've got this game going down is that it's not going to be Tom Brady out-dueling and out-playing Aaron Rodgers. Those days are gone. It's not going to happen anymore. Sure, it's great to Bill. It's going to be a great matchup. Probably get a game on TV, which for a guy that lives in – Arizona is great because then I don't have to seek a place to go watch the game. I can watch from the comfort of my own home. But I think you have to – I had to work a tough game in here for the Packers at some point that maybe didn't make as much sense. And so instead of having them lose at New Orleans, which was a little bit more obvious per se in week three, I have them dropping this one as their head scratcher, befuddling, I don't get it loss, which you might argue with me as we move through the rest of the schedule, because there's there's maybe another one or two you could argue might fall in that category. But I just think it's 
it's again, it's not, it's a road game. And then being on the road is going to play a factor in there. If the Bucks get off to a slow start and this dream team starts to implode, everyone remembers what the Eagles were in 2011, which was not good. Then this, this game, the script on this game quickly flips and it could be the Packers big in Tampa, but I'm assuming that that the Bucks are going to start out okay, and that they somehow find a way to eke one out against a Packers team that's well rested. But again, unfortunately, it's a road game, so that's how I had it shaken out. You're unbelievable. Okay, so if you guys are looking to potentially join a, a podcast and live stream, this is not related, <laughs> but uh, applications can be sent in the chat over here on the right hand side. We're looking for somebody. Uh, I'm have an be- opening. We might have a potential opening after today. Uh, well, hey, game- our, our biggest, our one of our big new fans says right here, we're going to upset TB. Screenshot this. It's not an upset because we're better. So uh, <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, next game is at Houston against the Texans. AFC <clears throat> opponent Bill O'Brien, assuming he hasn't traded away Deshaun Watson by then. And I know Deshaun Watson just signed an extension. It's Bill O'Brien, guys. I put nothing past the guy when it comes to that. J.J. Watt, assuming he's healthy, will be taking on the Packers. Uh, perhaps again for the final time in his career. This is a game that I think Green Bay gets beat. It's a road game. It's tough to play road games back to back like that. I think they'll be coming off a tough game. The the weather in Tampa won't be like September hot, but kind of that sort of travel where you're going from Florida back to Green Bay, back down to Houston. Deshaun Watson is really, really good. If I did quarterback power rankings, Mahomes won. Paul's guy, Russell Wilson, number two, and then Deshaun Watson might be third. I mean, it's very possible that he comes in as high as third. So I think he's really, really good. Texans pass rush is really good with J.J. Watt, obviously. Uh, They've got some really talented players on that team. It just kind of seems like a recipe. And again, this is kind of a Jason Perrone theory a little bit here, but Randall Cobb will be playing in this game. And Randall Uh-oh. Cobb will probably score two touchdowns and he'll former Packer, the former Packer curse. <laughs> yes. And then afterwards on Twitter, it'll be, how did we ever let Randall Cobb go? And the Packers receivers won't have a great game and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It'll all add up to one giant Twitter poop storm. And we'll just have, that's how it'll be everybody. By the way, if you're watching this show, instead of the bucks game, the Milwaukee bucks season has been extended. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, Assuming he's able to play in game five, we'll play one more game before becoming a Dallas Maverick. Jake wants all you know, credit for saying that last name very smoothly. So everybody in the everyone in the chat, give Jake props for saying that very, very cleanly. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. Say what you said. What'd you say? I was gonna say, you know he's got a year left here yet, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think a like I said on Twitter, a trade of Trey Burke and Max Kleber and an unprotected second round pick. I don't see how that's not fair. (laughs) The amount of people that don't realize this is a bit (laughs) are astonishing to me. I have been very, very, very vocal in saying, I don't think Giannis is ever leaving Milwaukee. I'm just a Mavericks fan. So of course I want Giannis to play for the Mavericks, but anyways, guys, I think the Packers lose to the Texans to get back on track. Jason, where do you think this game goes? I got to go on uh, not well for the for the Packers because it's a road game against a really tough quarterback. Again, it's just it's it's too much mojo down in Houston and Deshaun Watson and all of those other other factors there. So just by virtue of it being a road game, I think this is this is one where the, the Packers are just the the road is going to be a tough one this year, and that's that's the ver- the that's the price you pay when you've got the first place schedule. You're going to face some some tough teams, although this one's a formula game because it's uh, it's time for the AFC South but 
by virtue of them being on the road too and 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 playing against that team on that fast surface down there. I just I think Houston finds a way to score a few more points. Brian Gutekunst is at the podium now. Well, I podium. He's at the Zoom camera now, so we will bring you guys some highlights and stuff of that as well. I'll have uh our newly appointed producer will be uh, feeding me some highlights. If he says something interesting, he's giving me the finger in the background. So I'm not quite sure what that all means, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's, he fits in very nicely. Uh, Paul, what do you got going on here? You guys hit on, you know, my big points for this. I think the Packers lose two big reasons Deshaun Watson. I mean, despite um, Bill O'Brien's incompetency, he's a fantastic quarterback. And then just the back-to-back week of having to go to Tampa come back to green Bay and then having to go to Houston. I think that just ends in a loss for the, for the pack. Ends in a loss. And then they move on to, uh, this is their toughest stretch of the season right here. Texans, Vikings, 49ers, four days later, and we'll get into it here. Uh, It starts with a home game. Well, it continues, I guess the hump game is what Mike McCarthy used to call it. The game in the middle will be a home game against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, guys, the Vikings can't block anybody. And, my good friend and mentor and everything good about masculinity and man in general, Owen Reese tells me, show me a good team. That's not good up front. If you can't block against a Packers team that is vicious up front, you can't beat them. You can't beat the Packers. If you can't block them, I don't care if they run even the, Last year, they ran really well in that first game against Green Bay. They still lost, and then they couldn't move the ball at all. The only points that the Vikings scored against the Packers the second time they played each other were games that, or excuse me, points the Packers basically handed them. An interception turned into points. A fumble turned into points. And then they scored it. Kirk Cousins threw a nice pass to Stephon Diggs off of a turnover. The Vikings can't block. I have no reason to believe they can block Zadarius Smith now. Now you add in Preston Smith is still there. My son, Rashawn Gary, which, by the way, he's hanging out with us today. Jason, thank you. (laughs) Rashawn Gary is going to have a better year this year. Kenny Clark, this is getting better as a pass rusher. If the Vikings can't block, they can't win. And I don't – that's not a matchup that I don't think you can overcome. And as my guy points out in the chat, Mr. Labo, Kirk Cousins sucks. So if Kirk Cousins sucks, and he does, that those are games that when you can't block the other team's front, your quarterback has to elevate your team around you. Kirk Cousins isn't a guy that elevates the team around you. I think Green Bay wins. It's a home game. And this hasn't been announced, obviously, so take this for what it is. But Green Bay has said there will be no fans for the first two games. They haven't made an announcement yet. So possibly, not likely, but possible, this could be the first game with fans in the stands. That could be a really raucous crowd, even if it's only at a certain capacity. That could be a wild day, a lot of emotion, extra tilt because of that. I think Green Bay wins against Minnesota again. Jason, I swear to God, if you pick the Vikings in this game. Well, the issue is that you're not – the Packers aren't going to go undefeated – at home or on the road this season, the way I've, I've, I see it. And I'm not going to give the bears or the lions. I already didn't give the lions that opportunity, right? So by process of elimination or the AFC games. So by process of elimination, there, there aren't many others to go with here. So as much as we don't want to see the Vikings sweep the Packers, 
regardless of how the, the season ends in total. Do you see how Jake's got his hand on the, the delete button there or the, the removal button, right? Uh, as much as the Packers don't want to be swept by the Vikings, um, that motivation will allow them to avoid being swept by the Vikings. I think the Packers are going to absolutely destroy it's Minnesota in this game. Point, it's uh, yeah, they're going to actually absolutely destroy the Vikings. This is going to be a win big type of game. This, this one's going to be over before it starts. And Jake, to your point about running the ball, and the only reason why the, the Vikings quote unquote ran the ball well against the Packers last year was statistically, yes, they had a lot of rushing yards, but it was one play and one bad angle by Darnell Savage that really led to that. So I'm not crediting Minnesota's front with that at all. And you make a really good point there. By this time, especially after I have them losing to Minnesota in week one, the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary, they're, they're going to be looking to eat. And Kirk Cousins is, is going to become a very hearty snack at this point of the season. So Packers win. I dig it. I love it. I can, uh, I can definitely get on board with that. Paul, what do we got here? I'm going to try to get everything in that I need to say before Jake, you know, axes me here. I have the Packers losing this one. I'm still here. All right. <laughs> I have the Packers lose. Gone. <laughs> You're back. I have them losing. They're coming off of a couple tough road games. Vikings are coming off of a bye before this game. And, I mean, Jason said it. I just don't think that the Packers are going to go 6-0 and in the division again or 8-0 and at home. And so between that and the bye, I think the Vikings come away with a win. Okay, um, now I'm officially pissed at both of you. So, good for you. Uh, it's not Thursday. That's true. Thursday <laughs> night football is they'll play four days later in San Francisco. This is the phrasing I used last year when they played Kansas City, uh, and I'm going to use it again this year. I think the Packers get mollywopped in San Francisco. I, the 49ers are really good. It's four days later. They match up still with Green Bay really well, and they do all the things really well that Green Bay doesn't do so well. And uh, Nick Bosa exists solely. The Bosa family exists solely to torture me. I am convinced that there will be a Bosa child that dates my daughter and breaks her heart. Like (laughs) that's going to happen. So I am absolutely convinced that's what's going to happen. Green Bay is going to lose this game by a lot of points. That's fantastic. Not your daughter getting her heart broken. Yeah, you know yeah thank you. Thank you. So uh, somebody else, tell me, do either of you guys have Green Bay winning this game? Well, if I'll it, keep it. It, well I was going to say, and if anybody wants to know maybe why Jacob wasn't as on the Jake Kumaro bandwagon, that's another reason there too, his connection to the Bosa family by virtue of bloodlines. Oh, they're cousins. I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'll keep it short and sweet, Packers lose. Jason. The Packers needed to solve the San Francisco 49ers run game and look at all the things that they did this offseason, right? This is a season full of surprises. So I've already got the Packers beating the Saints in New Orleans, which apparently I, I didn't think I was going to be unanimous on, but I will complete the unanimous. I will complete the unanimousness of the uh, 49ers on the road. Again, road game, short week, nothing, nothing benefits Green Bay on paper here, and I don't I don't see it going well. Fair enough. Packers will then get 10 days off. They'll go from San Francisco to the worst team in the NFL. Again, this is something I think we can keep short. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. 
The only thing I'm looking forward to in this game is Gardner Minshew's mustache and then the Jaguars just getting destroyed. This should be another one of those games where the Packers, it's one of those games that it'll probably be annoying for a little while just because it's like, okay, why is it not 24 to nothing yet? But then eventually you get to the point where it's like, okay, Green Bay won. We're good. Let's move on and go play Indianapolis site of one of Jason's worst days as a fan. Uh, we'll get to that, but Green Bay wins this one big against Jacksonville. Uh, Paul? I'll keep it short and sweet again. Packers win. Yep. Jason? I noticed that you're coming to me last now. You've switched up the order. Because you went you to me first. Me. Oh, right. Bother you. Beauty bother you. before age. It's the Mercedes, <laughs> Lewis, the Mercedes Lewis revenge game. He's going to catch <laughs> the one and only pass that he's going to catch this whole season against his former team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as the Packers mollywop, to use your term, Jake. The Mollywop. Jacksonville Jaguars. Packers win. I don't even know when I started using that word, but it's a kind Good of word. A fun word to say, right? I love like it. I'm going to find out it has some terrible connection to some something and find out I can never say it again. So please don't let that happen. Anyways, the next week they'll play the Indianapolis Colts. My mom claims to be a Colts fan. She's full of crap. She's actually a <laughs> Packers fan. Um, and a Tom Brady a, fan, apparently. And a, well, it, listen, the Colts fan thing is actually real. She's a Packers fan. She knows the deal at this point. Um, Phillip Rivers is washed up. He did have a good game last year against the Packers. This is one of those games, though, it's not in California. So I think the Packers will be able to go stride for stride with Phillip Rivers. He seems to always save his best for Green Bay for some reason. This will be one of those games, though, where I think he'll throw a couple to Green Bay. I remember 2011, for example. Jason, I think you were in the house for that one, the two-pick-six back-to-back game in San Diego. It was marvelous. Yes, okay. So All you were the football. Lambeau West, it became at the end of the game. So this is my bold prediction for this game. Number 23, Jair Alexander gets his first career interception return for a touchdown by virtue of Mr. Phillip Rivers. Green Bay wins in Indianapolis, one of my favorite stadiums in the NFL. It's a beautiful place to visit and go to a game if you guys haven't had a chance. I was there for the combine in, it was the HaHa Clinton Dix, Devontae Adams year. So whatever year that turns out. 2014. There you go. It was a great year, great game. I think the Packers win this one, get back on track. Uh, I love the uh, potential and Philip rivers is, is Dunzo. And that's what I think. So Jair pick six and uh, Aaron, Aaron, our uh, social media person is pregnant with her 43rd child after the pick six, Jason, I will let you go this time. Jair Alexander will have a pick six under his belt at this very same time next week. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so Kyle, Kyle's earning his keep. <laughs> Kyle sent me the definition of Molly Wop. <laughs> It says to swing one's arm back that it almost rips out of its socket and then proceed to completely knock the F out of someone in the face with cheetah speed moving fist. Cheetah speed. (laughs) Wow. Molly, wow. Okay. So we've got that. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. You're hired. You can stay another week. There you go. (laughs) Okay, Jason, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's the Urban Dictionary definition, by the way, for those of you who are curious. No, that's a little too long for Webster. So, yeah, I was in the house in 2012. That was awful, absolutely awful. The Packers owe the Colts one. The only thing I'm upset about is that Andrew Luck is not going to be behind center to take his medicine because the Packers did not, unfortunately, did not beat him either time they faced him. They lost in 2016 at Lambeau Field and then 2012. Yeah, I was there the last time they played them in the house. I took my mom. It was birthday gift for my mom. And the Packers, it was right before, it was the last game. No, the second to last game they lost before the run the table run. 
and they had a chance to win or they had a chance to complete a comeback and haha Clinton Dix whiffed on a sack of Andrew Luck. I had just finished watching the Lions somehow beat the Vikings. The first time I watched the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, I rush home so I can watch the Packers beat the Colts and complete a perfect Sunday afternoon. And I waited for 60 minutes for what was wrong, seemingly wrong with my television to fix itself. And it never did. So that did not turn out well. But I have the Packers exacting their revenge against the Colts, getting a big victory. Yeah, Phillip Rivers. You've got guys playing. You've got guys on the schedule playing that that have been in the league longer than than Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers really should not lose to any of them. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen against Tampa on the road. But here's a road game that they go to in an unfamiliar venue and they get it done. They beat the Colts and on we move. And Paul, I got the Packers losing this one. Philip Rivers is the wild card in this game, but I think the Colts have a solid roster. Overall, and I think that on the road, I think the Colts just kind of pull one out on them. I think this is one of those the Jason alluded to it earlier. The Packers have seem to have kind of like a head scratching loss each year. And so I'm giving the, the Colts this one. Just like I said, it just seems to happen. This will be again Jonathan Taylor has a big game because he's a badger and it'll be against the Packers and it'll be Irrationally, why didn't the Packers trade up to get him instead of AJ Dillon, even though they got picked like 20 slots before AJ Dillon did? So there's that. Indy, moving on from that, they will play Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky named the starting quarterback this week. Thank you. He won the job. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of one of those. Does anybody really win that job? I mean, imagine giving up a fourth round pick, paying that guy. 20, what is it, 21, 22, 3, 4 million, whatever it is for three years, and then he sits behind Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> what? Imagine imagine doing that after <laughs> picking Mitch Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Joke that ah, just keeps Mr. Kyle, pull that comment up. I feel bad for Allen Robinson is what this guy says. I don't because you know what? He had a competitive contract offer from the Packers, and he yep. chose – to sign with the Chicago Bears. I don't always, feel bad for him. He picked his take, quarterback. Always you know picked the quarterback doing. in that equation, man. He did wrong. Yep. He picked the city. He picked the nightlife. That's fine. Good for him. I don't feel bad for you in terms of your quarterback. Sorry, dude. Good luck. I, I Sorry. Uh, Packers and Bears. I've said this. I think the Bears defense, as far as individual units in the NFC North, is the best one of any team. I think that that will keep them competitive for the majority of the season. Uh, the problem is Mitchell Trubisky sucks. The Bears' offensive line is not very good. Their weaponry outside of Allen Robinson isn't very good. Matt Nagy uh, is not a very good coach. I expect him to be fired at the end of the season, which will make me cry tears of sadness because I will miss him. Uh, but I think the Packers win this game. Jimmy Graham, their starting tight end, thank you. Um, I mean, I – it's one of those things like the Bears defense is really good and that'll keep this game close. But I think the Packers win like 24 to 14 or something like that. Um, but I, yeah, Green Bay, is just, they're just a better team. They're a more well-rounded team. They have a defense that's not as good as Chicago's, but it's pretty good. And they have an offense that's 
Our quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Their quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. Their quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even if they're even if their quarterback at this time is Nick Foles, who trust me, Dad, if you're watching, I know you worship at the altar of Nick Foles. He won the only Super Bowl in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. I understand that Nick Foles sucks outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Just a fact. The Bears are not winning this game. Doesn't matter. So, Jason, are the Bears winning this game? Because you probably are going to say yes. Nick Foles sucks because he chose to play college football at the most wrongest place ever. University of Arizona, for those of you that don't know. And that word came from U of A. U of A invented that word and that grammar right there. So I did say the Packers are not going undefeated at home, right? And we've still got a bunch of home games left. And I I messed with you with the Vikings, but I had them beating the Vikings. So we're getting, we're dwindling it down a little bit here, but all that this game is going to do for Packers fans is be that game, Jake, that you described where it just stays too close for inexplicable reasons. And I think that's usually what happens with Bears games at Lambeau. So I don't – you've got it. I could see it being even under 10 points in the end. And Green Bay having to pull one out, it's just one of those divisional things where the familiarity kicks in or for whatever reason. But the Packers are not losing to the Chicago Bears – at Lambeau Field. This ain't the year that it's going to happen. So you can you can forget about that. As long as Aaron Rodgers is under center between he and Brett Favre, Chicago Bears fans have been living in misery now for over 30 years and it must continue. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Games that Rodgers start and finish. I think the Bears have won once in Green Bay. 2015 Thanksgiving night comes to mind. And, and that's what I'm saying. Games that he starts and finishes because obviously when he broke his collarbone that one year, that's it. Otherwise, maybe I'm missing one, but off the top of my head, that is it. Uh, otherwise, I don't I don't think. Listen, guys in the chat, I, I understand. I love me some Jay Cutler. So, Mr. Llama, if you're here, and I don't I don't know if you are today or not, but I, I love Jay Cutler. And I won't take the slander. I love Jay. I miss Jay. Um, Paul, anyways, you were talking, we're talking Packers bears. What do you got going here? So bump in the road in my schedule, but bears coming into town. That's where we get hot Packers roll Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles. I don't care. Packers win Packers win. I like it. And then it is the civil war in my house. Even though I don't live there anymore. Packers Eagles. Dad's an Eagles fan. I am not. This is the war for my daughter's heart even though my daughter doesn't have a choice, Blake's Packers fan, quite clearly. (laughs) Packers Eagles. um, I like the Eagles roster. I think they're really good. I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. Um, I think that they have a a very good defensive line. I I love their receivers and the potential they have there. They added some speed this offseason with Jalen Rager and John Hightower. Deshaun Jackson is still there. He's obviously like one of the premier deep threats in the NFL. I think that there are some things that the Eagles can do. Uh, You obviously have uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. The Eagles came here last year and they won a game that uh, was kind of a back and forth affair. They traded for Darius Slay. Uh, They still can't guard Devontae Adams, even if they traded for Darius Slay. As far as I'm concerned, that's Devontae Adams' son. Devontae is going to still go nuts. I think this is a game that Green Bay can do some things a little differently. That was the fourth game of the season last year. It was a Thursday night game. Green Bay also lost Adams in the middle of that game. So towards the end, they were kind of trying to 
piece some stuff together. The Packers would be a little bit more prepared. And frankly, I think they're a little bit better equipped to handle some of the stuff that the Eagles can do this year to where they can handle some of that double tight stuff that they can do a little bit more. Um, But ultimately, I think Green Bay wins. I think they're at home. It's in December. And this is the game where, Maggie, I don't know if you're still in here. Mom, I know you are. But this is the A.J. Dillon. And this is where you start to see where some of that pick gets made. It'll be late in the fourth quarter. It's cold. It's Packer weather to use that meatball phrase. And there will just be guys that do not want to tackle that big dude late in the game as the Packers are trying to run down that clock. So I think Green Bay wins this game, and they get to that point where they're starting to get on a little bit of a run here before the end of the year. So Quadzilla Killa, I like that one, Lambo. So thank you for that. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think Green Bay beats the Eagles and uh, cements Blake, Blake Westendorf as a Packers fan. So Paul Eagles. I was at that Thursday night game last year, and like you said, Devontae went out. Cheap shot very early on on Jamal Williams. Um, questionable pass interference at the end of the game. The Packers should have won that game. And the Eagles are a tough matchup, but once again, it's at Lambeau Field. Packers win. Jason? Packers should have won that game several times over last season. It was That was not a good one. So the exact revenge this year, they're not losing two, two years in a row. And again, this is one of those games you got to win because you don't want to have to go to Philadelphia in January. Packers find a way to get it done, and they are – four in a row according to the way i've got it and this is another one guys sometimes i mean sometimes it really is this simple even if i am oversimplifying it no andre dillard no brandon brooks packers pass rush one of the big keys last year was philadelphia could block guys like z and preston this year maybe they can't uh obviously andre dillard's not going to play the season neither is brandon brooks Jason Peters will be there, but I mean, they've got some questions on that offensive. Will he, does he, does he want to play the position he's being asked to play or is he going to hold out? (laughs) That's a fair question. And that's one they're going to have to ask. And I mean, Lane Johnson's really good. The Eagles, like I said, the Eagles have some questions they're going to answer between now and then they'll move from there and they will go to Detroit and play the lions. And Jason, you mentioned the lions and I mentioned that the Packers are not going undefeated in the division at this point. This is where I think that they have a little bit of a bump in the road. I think that they lose in Detroit. It's a building that they've had even when they've won in Detroit. It's been a tough go there for the last several years. It feels like even even like 2014, that's the best team the Packers have had in recent memory. They struggled in Detroit there. They lost that year. They scored seven points, and they just really struggled in that building. Uh, by then, again, we don't know. It's hard to tell. I am judging as if fans won't be there, but – if they are, that makes it even tougher. It's just a tough place to play. The Lions are built for that track turf. Obviously, the Packers aren't built for turf. They're built for Lambeau Field. It's just been a tough place for them to play. I think the Packers, they're not going to go 6-0 in their division. This is the game I think they lose. Detroit, it's its just – and for some stupid reason, Mason Crosby really struggles in that building. I don't know why, but he does. And I think this is where they have a, a bit of a, a bump in the road, if you will, before getting into the last stretch of their season, uh, they'll have three games left, and I think that they'll they'll have a bit of a bump here against against Detroit. So I think this is their divisional loss uh, against the Lions. Jason, I get this gut feeling that this one is I have it as a loss as well, and I don't like the way I think it's going to end. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. This is going to be one of those where I could see myself not watching the ending and kind of turning the TV off, and then maybe watching highlights after the fact because it's going to be close which means it probably comes down to um, a safety, of course, is where I'm going with that. So, Or, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody's foot in some way, shape, or form. If he doesn't 
get taken down by COVID, which I would never wish on anybody at all. Packers, Packers, bump, yeah, Packers lose this one, tough one, bump in the road. And Matt Patricia, which Paul, the more that I look at you and think of him, the more you kind of look like him. So you Oof, might want to no. shave or something. No, like that. So. no, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Packers Lions in Detroit, early December. Well, mid December, I guess at this point, Paul. What do you got? I'm with you. <clears throat> I think the Packers lose. Lions are pesky on the road. Like you said, they've had trouble at four. All this comes down to whether Stafford's healthy at that time or not, but assuming he is, I think the Packers lose. And honestly, that doesn't even matter. Last year, they damn near lost to freaking David Blau. Like, Mm -hmm. that game was so annoying. Like, it was one of those when they won, it was just like, oh. Especially especially with so much to play for and the Lions have nothing. Yeah, it was like, okay, kick their ass and go home. Like, literally – just let's get Tim Boyle in this game. And they couldn't do I it. I started doing crunches. I don't know why. I started doing crunches. And then as soon as I started doing them, they the Packers started playing better. So then I didn't want to stop because I got superstitious. But it was like we're getting into the we were it was it was literally like 45 minutes later. And I and I'm for at least going, the next I'm still going. It was for the next three days. I had the sorest abs I've ever had in my whole entire life. But you know. They look good now. So I've never had abs, so I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, Packers will play the Panthers. That'll be on a Saturday or a Sunday. That's to be determined. So that's kind of weird. I don't know what the reasoning for that was. I don't know if anybody can. If you guys can correct me or let me know in the chat, that'd be super. But it'll be a Saturday or a Sunday. Carolina is a team I can't figure out. Uh, ultimately, this game, Teddy Bridgewater in the cold. I think Teddy Bridgewater is overrated, frankly. Um, and I don't. I hate that word uh, in general. I think it's overused, but it's something like he's played okay. They won a few games in New Orleans, but he's just somebody, he's not going to throw the ball well in the elements. Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to be able to just carry a team all the way through. I think that the Panthers are trying to build something with Matt Rule. By that point in the year, all the surprises and all that stuff will be gone. The Packers, I think they beat the Panthers just a season ago. Panthers haven't done a whole heck of a lot to change the outlook on their team. Obviously they have some differences. It's not Kyle Allen playing quarterback, obviously, but I think this is a game green Bay wins. It's a home game. It's in the cold. That doesn't bode well for Teddy Bridgewater. And I think the Packers win. So keep that short. Paul. Yeah, I'm with you. I do like what the Panthers did in the draft. They're still building. They're still trying to get to that point where they're going to be a competitive team. And you took the words out of my mouth, Teddy Bridgewater in the cold ain't happening. Packers win. I agree. Jason? Yeah, the Packers aren't going to fall for this whole McCaffrey thing two years in a row. So I think this one's going to be a, a lot easier than it was last time. But I'll be honest, being in the house, first game that I had that I watched where it was snow globish, it was cool that it came down to the end. The Packers won. All the cool things happened, but they got it out of their system last year. I think they, they have a much better game plan this season. And at this point, too, I think we're at, we're getting to the point in the schedule now where, where other teams that may not be in playoff contention may not be bringing their best either. And I think Carolina fits the bill there. I don't know how much effort in a COVID season where a, a bunch of weird things could happen that that they're gonna they're gonna do on a, in a road game at this point too. So I think the Packers get this one pretty easily. That game was beautiful too. There are so many cool pictures that have come out of that game and stuff too. Like there's pictures of Preston there's one Smith. Just Preston Smith. Yeah, I love that yeah, one. That's the one. I mean, there's one of Matt Lafleur. There's one of Aaron Rodgers. There's mm-hmm. there's so much cool stuff from that game. So the following week they'll play a Sunday night game against the Tennessee Titans. This is another one of those teams I don't think Green Bay matches up all that well with. 
Uh, I, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to turn into a pumpkin this season. That being said, one of the questions that you have about Green Bay this season is their run defense. Uh, Derrick Henry might have uh, won the rushing – not might have, he did. He won the rushing title last season. That's not a great matchup. The Titans' defense is very good, and they just added to it yesterday with Jadeveon Clowney. They have Harold Landry. They've got some good cornerbacks. I think this is a game where Green Bay will be maybe looking ahead to a, a final game to clinch the NFC North kind of thing. Um, and it's it's a non-conference, uncommon opponent. It'll be Matt LaFleur facing his old team. But overall, I think I think the Titans win. And I think that it'll be like kind of a final hiccup for Green Bay before getting into uh, the postseason. Uh, Jason? So this is one of those where I think it's going to look start to look bad, and it's going to it's going to be rough goings at the beginning, and it's not going to look great for the Packers. But they're going to somehow find a way against whatever odds they're facing to eke it out and win, whether it's a, a late turnover or a, a you know whatever it be. But the Titans are having to come to Green Bay late in the season. I think there's something to be said for that. So as much as I want to give some of these road teams, the edge over Green Bay earlier in the season. That's what I think helps get the Packers over in this one. And they escape losing a game that will ultimately, uh, I think, greatly affect the way that their season finishes. And it's going to become an important win for them as well. Paul? I have the Packers winning this one. Like you said, it's a it's a bad matchup for them with what Henry can do in the run game. But it's Lambeau in December. And I know, I mean, my expectations are that fans aren't going to be there. And we don't know how the lack of fans is going to affect home field. But Lambeau in December, even without fans, it's still its own advantage, especially against a team more, you know, warmer climate. Um, so I think the Packers, it's going to be an ugly one, I think, like Jason said, but they find a way to win in the end. Chicago, they'll close out the season at Soldier Field against the Bears. And as the song goes, they got a reputation that's mostly based on luck. The Bears still suck. Packers win. Clinch the North. 11 and five is my final record for the green Bay Packers NFC North champions at 11 and five Paul Packers bears final game of the season. You have them currently at nine and six. So where do you have them finishing? You know, I had this whole spiel thought out, but you said it best Bears still suck. Packers win 10 and six division. Jason, the Packers live to absolutely destroy the hearts of anybody in the great state of Illinois. And I'm here for it each and every single time because I have family that lives there that love to talk crap and they haven't been able to do it for a long time. And that does not change this season. Packers roll. They finish 11 and five. 11 and five. It is and an NFC North championship in the books there. So guys, let's go through everything here. Then we've got the Packers, then all three of us making the playoffs and Again, kind of building off of last season, all three of us have them regressing, if you will. Uh, I would say I have them finishing 11-5, and five, but being a better overall team. I think that's kind of the general thought process is they'll have a, a worse record. That being said, they could be 12-4, and four and they have a worse record than they did a season ago. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to go through our postseason team, team-by-team uh, team here, at least in the NFC. I'm just We're just going to name our playoff teams, and then we'll kind of tell you guys our conference championship games and go through all that sort of stuff. I think uh, Duke hang tight here. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys here in just a minute. Uh, the NFC, I have our division winners. Now remember this year, uh, we have the participation trophy playoffs this year. So seven teams make the playoffs instead of six. I actually forgot about that. I was playing in my Madden franchise earlier and I played all out to get the two seed thinking I was going to get a buy. 
and forgot that you don't get a buy if you get the two seeds. So um, learn the hard way that I had to play a wild card game the following week. I could have started Jordan Love and I didn't. So whatever. It's beside the point. My division winners I have in the North, the Packers winning the North, the Saints winning the South. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East, the 49ers winning the NFC West. And my three wild card teams are the Philadelphia Eagles, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Atlanta Falcons. My AFC division winners I have the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, with my wild card teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers the Houston Texans and the Buffalo bills. So guys, real quick, if you just want to name your playoff teams and then we'll have where we have the Packers losing, if at all. So Jason, I should probably kick that to somebody. I'll start that with you. All right. So we got the Packers winning the NFC North. I have Tampa figuring out a way somehow to win the NFC South. The Cowboys win the East. The Niners win the West wildcard teams are the Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles. The saints don't even get in. And then in the AFC, I've got the Ravens winning the North, the Titans winning the South, the Bills winning the East, and the Chiefs winning the AFC West. Your wildcard teams are the Houston Texans, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts. The Patriots are trying to tank in 2020. They missed the playoffs. Paul? So I got the Saints winning the South. I got the Seahawks winning the West. Packers in the North. And then Eagles coming out of the East. So that makes my wild card team San Francisco, no particular order, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and Dallas Cowboys. And then out of the AFC, Chiefs in the West, Baltimore out of the East, Titans the South, and then, or no, Ravens out of the North, Titans out of the South, Chiefs out of the West, and then AFC East. I got the Buffalo Bills. And then filling in after those, those teams, I will. Houston Texans, and then I'll be honest, I didn't think this far ahead. Houston Texans, Pittsburgh Steelers, and then what the heck? We'll go Denver Broncos. They gotta. I like what they did this offseason. I like that one as a sleeper. <coughs> Couldn't pull the trigger on the Broncos for some reason. <laughs> uh, so here we go, guys. We're going to go. Uh, does anybody, real quick before we move forward, do any of you guys have the Packers reaching the conference championship game? I don't know. Nope. No? Okay. So – what I have then, what I'll say is I have it to where I have the Packers winning their first playoff game. I have them as the three seed losing or beating, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals in a home game. So a little revenge from 2009 and 2015. So a win in a playoff game over Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I have them then traveling to New Orleans the following week. And that is where I have their season ending against the New Orleans Saints. And eventually I have the conference championship game, which I'll get to here in just a second. Jason, where do you have the Packers season ending? So I have them beating the Vikings in the wild card round, and they get stumped in Jerry World against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys finally get the Packers in Dallas and under the watch of former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that would be brutal. <laughs> that it would. Paul? Uh, so I have the Packers as the four seed, and I know – uh, before the show, we were discussing it a little bit, and I said that I had them losing to the Niners and because that was at San Francisco. However, I went back and re-looked at the seating here. Niners are the wild card. That means the game is at Lambeau Field. So, those times, and they lost, and they lost, and they lost, and then Seattle came here, and the Packers have been winning. I know it's a bad matchup, but it's Lambeau Field, playoff time in January. Packers win in round one. 
And moving on to round two, number one seed, New Orleans Saints, where they, I had them losing earlier this season, and I believe that happens again. Okay, so we have it now. So then we'll get it to where we have our conference championship games then. So that's where we'll start there. My conference championship game, I have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New Orleans Saints. And I will have my NFC champion as Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys. And my AFC championship game, I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. I believe that Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson is going to be the new Peyton Manning against Tom Brady. Um, as far as the AFC goes. And I think the Cowboys, listen, the Cowboys have always had a really good roster. Now they have a real head coach and maybe I've been, I've been the one for a really long time. I've been a real big stump for Mike McCarthy for a really long time. I think Mike McCarthy's a very good head coach. He's the best coach in the history of this franchise, not named Vince Lombardi in the modern era. So Curly Lambeau doesn't count in that case. And I have the Cowboys and the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. So I will get our winner here in just a moment. Jason, your conference champions are? Got the San Francisco 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys. And in the AFC, then, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs over the Baltimore Ravens. And Paul? I'll hit the trifecta here. I got Chiefs, AFC Championship with the Chiefs advancing. NFC, I've got Saints, Seahawks. Saints advancing. Ew. That would be like, if I could draw up the worst NFC championship game, that might be it. Realistic. Because like the for, 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 for no, me, Dallas. For me, yeah, Dallas. Be the worst for me. Dallas yeah. in there? No. That's, yeah. That could be, I suppose. Okay, guys, it's Super Bowl time. So I said I had the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid against Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. And I have the first repeat Super Bowl champion since the New England Patriots Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the NFL currently, beating Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, 34-31, to 31, taking home Super Bowl MVP honors and another world championship for your Kansas City Chiefs. I suppose nobody here is probably a Chiefs fan, but that's what I'm calling them. I like the Chiefs over the Cowboys in an old-school Super Bowl with some high-scoring uh, affair here. So I like the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. It's Patty Mahomes's world. We are just fortunate enough at this point to live in it. Jason, what do you got? I've got a repeat of last year's Super Bowl: the chiefs versus the 49ers, the chiefs winning. It's the first time since Cowboys bills that you have the same matchup and same result two years in a row. <clears throat> and Paul, I got the chiefs winning. Just at this point, I don't know how you pick against them. And that's part of all of this that for Packer fans anyways, the Saints lose and the media starts questioning if Sean Payton has wasted Drew Brees' prime. Listen, I just want to say it really is a shame how Sean Payton has been allowed to waste the career and the prime of Drew Brees. Kyle, welcome yourself back into the stream because since you're new here, we've allowed you to make a Super Bowl prediction as well. So come on in. How do you got? Who do you got? What do you got this shaking out First as? Oh, you're so kind. Thank you for allowing me to come back on. Uh, but I also have the Chiefs over the Saints in the Super Bowl. I don't really like going chalk, but I feel like this is a chalk pick. Uh, I, I have both teams as a, as a one seed in, in their respective conferences, so I feel kind of dirty doing a one, one seed and a one seed against each other, but 
You know what though? That's becoming more and more common yeah, and with, really the, with the bye week only going to the one seed. I think that's going to become even more yeah. common. My question, I guess we didn't ask you, where do you have the Packers shaking out this year? Do you have them winning the division and making the playoffs? I do. I have them 10 and six uh, making the playoffs. Um, they do win the, I, I guess I have them winning the divisional round. I think they'll get a home game in the first round and, Historically, the Packers are very good at home in the playoffs, except for the little stretch with Brett Favre. But, um, yeah, that's kind of similar to what you guys have. So there we have that, guys. There are our predictions. Take them to the bank. But we have two people here, uh, actually three of us, three of actually all of us took the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So there you have that, so guys. Go bet against the Chiefs. <laughs> go bet against – I mean, honestly, guys, in a year, this is a year where I think if you're going to place bets, you got to bet on continuity. The Chiefs basically ran it back. They brought everybody back, and they have Patrick Mahomes, guys. I mean, that matters, and they have Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is the best coach in football not named Bill Belichick. I got somebody in here. He said, uh, what was it, Packers by Joey the Jaguar, Packies, Packers by 50 over Kansas City. So, Man, listen, I hope so, Joey. I was going to say, if the Packers win the Super Bowl by 50 over anybody, I would lo- – listen – I remember, so let's let's do a little bit here. Let's let's reminisce a little bit to wrap up the show here, guys. Packers won the Super Bowl 10 years ago now at this point. And it was 10 years ago, February 6, 2000. Well, I guess technically nine years ago. It'll be 10 by this February. February 6, 2011. The Packers won the Super Bowl over the Steelers. And it was 21 to 3 at one point. And we thought we were going to coast. It was stress basically from start to finish. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I am... 29 years old now. I turned 29 on Thursday. Thank you for everybody that wished me a happy birthday, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, I was not old enough really to remember the first time the Packers won the Super Bowl. I was like four when they beat the Patriots in 1996. So I didn't really remember that. Not enough to appreciate it at least. So this was really the first one um, that I was able to get there for. And that was stress from start to finish. Um, I remember when the last pass finally hit the turf at Jerry world, just sobbing, just completely emotional. And I would love nothing more than just to be able to know at halftime, the second half, like we're the champions of the world. And I just get to celebrate the second half the entire time. And this would be awesome. I've said it a million times. I have never been able to do a podcast, a blog. I've never written. I've never podcasted. I've never live streamed a Super Bowl championship, a conference championship victory. I've done three losses. <laughs> so maybe I need to quit while I'm ahead, I guess, or something like that. But uh, I've never been able to do a, a Super Bowl championship and I would love nothing more. It's, it's kind of my dream, I guess, to be able to do something like that. So that is my hope. That is my dream. That is my desire. So maybe the inaugural year of Game On Wisconsin leads to a, a 14th world championship for the green Bay Packers here. So guys, we've got a little bit of time here uh, while we're going through some of the stuff, I'm going to kick it to the other three that we've got here, but go ahead, throw some Q and a here in the chat. Let's go through some stuff. What are your thoughts? What are your guys' questions for us on the 2020 season? I know we had some stuff on uh, Mike McCarthy and the Pat or the, excuse me, the Cowboys. I'm still used to calling him the Packers coach and he's been gone for a little while now. So maybe I should stop, but uh, go ahead, throw your questions in the chat. Let's see what we've got. We'll throw some good ones up. And I still have to give away a hat, and I will do that here towards the end here. And actually, I like this one uh, because it leads to something for next week. So the biggest fantasy producer on the Packers, and that leads me to next week, next Sunday, Tyler Grezegorik and Gage Brid. I'm going to butcher this dude's last name. Gage Bridgeford will be doing a live 
fantasy stream at 1030 on Sunday morning before the Packers take on the Vikings to take your fantasy questions for your team. So be sure to check that out. And they will do that every Sunday starting next Sunday until the end of the season. And we will have tomorrow on our Twitter account at game on WI our Sunday lineup. So what we basically have is we'll be able to show you guys how you're just going to want to park your ass on our YouTube channel at the beginning of the day. And you'll want to stay there all day long, except you're in the game and just hang out with us all day long. But that's a good question. So fantasy producer for the Packers guys, do all of you play fantasy football or am I barking at the wrong wall? If I ask him, Jason, you're old. So maybe you don't play. Not here. (laughs) Okay. So Jason's old. So he doesn't play Paul. I mean, I got Aaron Jones. Paul's old. I got Aaron Jones on my team, so I was in my head as you were asking. I was debating between him and Devontae Adams because it seemed like those are the two logical choices, right? But I'll go with Aaron Jones. Yeah, I would take Jones as well. The touchdown production, the passing game as well. He can be a factor. Yeah, I agree. If you want me to go with like not the obvious ones, Duke, I'm afraid to answer the question of how old is Jason because he's in like his mid 60s, so Mm. somewhere around. Um, the question for that. So if you want to go like the not obvious one, so your obvious ones, people that you'll draft in like the first three rounds are like Jones or Devante, right? After that, I think the next guy, who, um, probably Alan Lazard. I mean, Aaron, was good. I was to Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but I mean, yeah. Lazard, uh, I, too, right? I came into the year thinking maybe Jay Sternberger could be somebody, but he might not be the team's tight end one. So that's a good question there. Kyle, you're a fantasy guy. What do you think on who the guy's fantasy producer could be? Well, I mean, it's going to be one of the obvious two answers, but me, I, I got Lazard late in one of my one of my leagues, so I'm hoping that Lazard has like a huge breakout year and I can – oh, man. Oh, Joey. John McNally. Joey, Joey the Jaguar. Joey the Jaguar is Corey Banky, by the way, because who, who else would say 50 points over KC and Corey's older than dirt? So Joey the Jaguar takes one to no one. Big B, man. You're never here at like 4.30 when the show yeah, starts. Where the hell have you been? Yeah, he's late. He's late. Oh, all man. right. All right. I don't know how to come back from that. But, I, I mean, Aaron Jones is probably my pick. Okay. For, Top fantasy performer. I know it's another chalk pick, but whatever. All right, so we went from serious. Let's go a little. Uh, what Packers player do you think you could take on in a fight? Me, the answer is none of them. Um, I'm with you. None. Having uh, Tim Boyle. S- some of the uh, game day responsibilities I've had, I will never forget the first. T- so the first time, guys, I stood on the field. And so I, I told Kyle. Kyle and I started talking about this like a week ago. I said, if we ever run past each other, make I guarantee Kyle and I have crossed paths. We just never knew it until yeah. very recently. And the first game I ever did was 2010, and it was Packers Giants. So it was the game where Rodgers came back from the concussion. They beat the crap out of the Giants. I am standing next to Chris Snee. He's an offensive guard for the Giants. And I'm convinced if he sneezed, he would have blown me across the field. These guys <laughs> – sitting watching on TV, sitting in the stands. It does these guys no justice. Mason Crosby's legs are as big as my chest and that's the kicker. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, who could I take in the fight? None of the above. Uh, that's the thing there. So Lambo Labo, which rookie makes the biggest impact this season? Got to be AJ Dillon, right? I mean, he's going to have the most opportunity. I think 
I think that the rookie, if he's good, like let's just say every rookie reaches their ceiling for their first season. Um, the rookie that could Jordan love, maybe not a fair one because he's a quarterback and that probably doesn't go well if he's playing. Um, but Josiah DeGuara is the one that I think is the one that could kind of unlock what this offense can be. I know some folks that are pretty disingenuous call him a fullback, but he's a tight end that can kind of play all over the field and really does some stuff that's really important for Matt LaFleur's offense. He's the one that I think can do that. And I think that there is a lot of things that he can do. And for those of you that use Madden as a precursor to people's success, and I don't know why you wouldn't do that, but uh, that's cute. Hi, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Josiah DeGuara caught 10 touchdowns in his rookie season in my Madden franchise. So that's got to be pretty successful, right? So I'm, I would I'm I would go with DeGuara. I'm with you on DeGuara on what he, you know, he. I think he's going to be the key to this offense. I just don't think it's going to be this season. I agree, he's, yeah. Snaps his opportunities. But, I mean, if we look at just the tight end position specifically, it takes – very few times do we see rookie tight ends make an impact. And so he's going to be doing that plus the responsibilities as a running back and all that comes with it in a shortened off season. So before Kamal Martin's injury, I would have said Kamal Martin, but he's missing half the year or a third year, whatever it ends up being. So I'm going to go with AJ Dillon. And that leads into really a good question, honestly. So Jason, not to cut off your guys' thoughts on that, but yeah, day one starter next to Christian Kirksey. Listen, I know the Kamal Martin injury is kind of a big deal, but I really thought Mike Pettin, I'm a real big believer, Pet, uh, Pettin, Leopards don't change their spots. And I really don't think that they're going to play a lot of linebackers there. If Raven Green's healthy, it's going to be a defensive back. Yep. So that's, I think it's going to be Raven, Raven Green, Green or Will Redmond or just guys like that. And I Do you want to get real technical and day one starter as in the first snap on the field and the Packers put their base out there for the literally the first snap, then I, I'll go with Oren Burks just because yeah. Kamal Martin is hurt. But, yeah, it's it's more likely to be Raven Green. Yeah, I agree. Kyle, what do you think there? Yeah, I'm going to go with – I mean, I know he's not really a linebacker, but I can see them even lining up a base formation with Raven Green as their second linebacker. Yeah, and they did that a lot I, yeah. last year. And, and, and he's Penn a- does too. I don't know how often he's going to – do this, but I did hear him say that there's going to be more Josh Jackson. You're going to see him a lot this year. I don't know if he'll line him up at linebacker or not. Probably not. But and we and we use the term base defense. And Paul is frozen, so we're catching up with some technical difficulties here towards the end. So we use the term base defense. Paul is where you cut off there. So I was going to say, can you hear me now? Yeah, I was going to assume you were going to say nickel is base. I was going to say dime. They played 53 percent of their snaps out of dime last year. Yeah, and I assume that'll be the case. And with him saying Josh Jackson's going to get significant minutes this year, I really this is what I think is going to happen, guys. I really do. I think you're going to see a lot of Jackson and King on the edges with Alexander and Shannon Sullivan in the middle of the defense playing those slots. Uh, I don't know if Tremont Williams is eventually going to get a phone call, um, but I think that that's what you're going to see a lot of those kinds of things. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Let's we got time for maybe one or two more questions. Who makes the bigger jump from last year? Gary Jackson or someone else? How can it not be your son? Yeah. He's so ready. Yeah. So earlier today I was playing Madden, like I mentioned, and Rashawn Gary got a sack and Blake pointed at the screen and said, that's my brother. So that didn't actually happen, but she talks talks very well for an 11 month old, right? No. So seriously guys though, Camp MVP doesn't really mean anything, but if there was one, 
it would be Rashawn Gary, right? I mean, right. I'm the guy. <clears throat> I was going to say, just to throw someone else different out there, I'll say MVS as well, because what's really stood out for him in um, the intermediate routes. Mm -hmm. He's been a one-trick pony up to this point, and to his credit, it's a hell of a trick. But for him in this offense to really take that next step, if he can be more effective in that 10 to 20-yard range, and by, you know, my, no, Mike Spofford had an article on Packers.com. Andy Herman's talked about it as well. It sounds like he's really taking a step forward in that department. You want to talk about keys that can unlock an offense. This offense might go silly on people if MVS can put that stuff together. But, yeah, man, camp MVP, like I said, if it, it on defense it definitely would be Rashawn Gary. And if he can put this together, this, this is a pass rush that, again, Rashawn Gary, when the pick was made, I think a lot of us made it clear. Rashawn Gary, maybe not the guy that a lot of us wanted. Jason, I know for a fact, not the guy that the two of us wanted. It was stunned silence. But a freak athlete of that size, that speed, that strength, all that combination, the ceiling is quite literally limitless. You add in that limitless potential. If he reaches some of that, shut up, Paul. <laughs> you know who you're sounding like over there? No, <laughs> no. Quite literally limitless potential. Limitless, not unlimited. Yes, Lambo Labo. I wanted Burns. Um, with Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, you're talking about a buzzsaw type pass rush with those two guys, a Rashawn Gary who's improved and Kenny Clark. Pray for quarterbacks, man. I mean, we're talking about – you want to talk about a, a pass rush like last year with San Francisco? I'm not putting them on the same level because obviously Rashawn has to prove it on the field. But if you can put that all together – it's damn scary. Right. I mean, what, yeah. what else can we, what else can you do? All right, guys, right. we got time. One more question and then we'll do our giveaway here at the very, very, very end here, guys. So go ahead, throw one more thing in here while we're going through that. Jason, while we're waiting on our final question here, tell me a little bit camp envy. Damn you, Joey. You just went from funny to not cool. So Ooh. thank you for that. Joey slash AKA Corey's burner. Right. Corey's burner. Anyways, um, Jason, we were talking camp MVPs outside of the two obvious ones. And those were Rashawn Gary and MBS. Was there anybody else that kind of stood out to you towards the end here? Didn't really hear a lot about anybody that was, was doing really well. Darius Shepard had a lot of, um, got a lot of play in the last week, but you know, for a second, Josh Jackson sounded like he was doing okay, but he had just as many tough moments. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and his calves, man. He had a great, great camp. I mean, you know, the old man's ready to ready to break out. And I, I say break out and not obviously like he hasn't already, but uh, I expect big things from him this season. All righty. If I could steal a player from the NFC North opponents, who would it be? Okay, guys, so we're going to go through the Vikings first, then the Bears, then the Lions. And we could pick one player from the NFC North opponents. So the Vikings, if I could steal one player from the Vikings, I mean, it's probably got to be Adam Thielen. He really compliments the – Devonte Adams stuff very well, I would think. I mean, that's where I'm. Or if I want to go on the defensive side of the ball, Harrison Smith or Anthony Harris, one of those guys. But I mean, I'm just thinking that we already have Savage and Amos, so I think that's how that would go. So I like Thielen as somebody like that. Jason, you're shaking your head. What do you got there? Daniel Hunter, rush oh, the passer. Man, a four man of Z Preston, Rashawn, and Daniel Hunter. <laughs> Kenny Clark's not even on the field in this scenario. So yeah, Kyle, who would you take from the Vikings? You know, we, we struggle at inside linebacker. I know we only really use one, but Eric Kendricks has always been a guy oh, that – I thought you were going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. No, that would get me fired really quickly. So, 
know, Eric Kendricks is, is probably probably the guy I would take. For fun fact, I wanted Eric Kendricks when the Packers took Demarius Randall. So, yeah, I'm with it. Paul? I was going through positional needs, and Danell Hunter on that defensive line would be just fantastic. And then Adam Thielen and Eric Kendricks are the other two that came to mind, but I would go with uh, Eric Kendricks. Right, I would go. To- I, I would get barred for picking them. Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, okay. So dad jokes have entered the chat here. So that's barred. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we went bears next after that. Um, you got a real hard time not going with Khalil Mack. Um, that being, s- I want to go with something the Packers maybe need a little bit more, but uh, he's Khalil Mack. Like, I mean, how do you not pick Khalil Mack? So yeah. I mean, is anybody not picking Khalil Mack? That's what I'd pick, and then just from a need standpoint, I'd throw out Allen Robinson, the set receiver. Yeah. 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 Anybody not picking Mac? Jason? No, uh, and you don't need to you don't need to pick Robinson because we're gonna take care of the receiver situation when we get to the Lions. Right, because I'm picking Kenny Galladay. So <laughs> I agree, Kenny Galladay. If I wasn't picking Khalil Mack, I might take Eddie Goldman because him next to Kenny Clark would be kind of nasty too. So but yeah, we'll take uh I'll take uh, Kenny Galladay when we get to the Lions here. Anybody else not going Galladay? I'm with you there. I'm, with I, you. I, I'm, a, I, and I'm gonna look bad for saying this, but I really, I really like TJ Hawkinson. I was a fan of him at Iowa. Would I take him over Kenny Galladay? No, but I just want to throw his name out there just to have a little fun. Yeah, there are a lot of people that love TJ Hawkinson going into that draft. So I remember that quite well going into that year. I did the tight ends that year and I had him as tight end too. I actually like to know a fans a little bit more going into that year, but Hawkinson was a really good player yeah. too. So, all right, guys, we are out of time. We are at 90 minutes. So thank you guys for sticking with us as long as you did for everybody that doesn't remember all of us have the Packers winning the NFC North. I have them 11 and five, Jason 11 and five, Paul 10 and six. So that was stupid, but he has them losing one stupid game, I guess, in there. Kyle, welcome. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at K Hoffenbecker. You can follow Paul. He's at Paul underscore Brettel. Jason's at Jason Perone. And you can follow me. I am at Jacob Westendorf. The rest of this week, tomorrow we have Happy Hour and the Freezer Podcast. Later this week, we have the Quick Slants Podcast. And next week's a big week, guys. Packers, Vikings, and check out our Twitter handle at GameOnWI. We will be able to do a lot of different stuff there. And we're going to tell you guys all about what our plans are for game days and everything like that. Sundays at this channel are going to be a whole lot of fun. I hope you guys are able to come on in and listen in. You guys have been a lot of fun today. Obviously I do have a hat giveaway, Mr. Lambo Labo. You have been the most active person today. DM me at Jacob Westendorf. Give me your shipping address. I will make sure to get one of those out to you. Send me your hat size, small, medium or large, extra large. I'll do one of these again, next week as well. So pick me, you say, I did pick you, my friend. So send it out to me. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. And of course, go Pat, go.